When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. Do me a favor, subscribe to the John Com Report. Wherever you get your podcast, you're watching on YouTube, you know the deal. Hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. You can find us there as part of Empire Media. That's A-M-P-I-R-E. Always much appreciated when you tune in. Don't forget, you can read my work on ESPN.com. I have a story up now about the Washington Commanders' first win, just kind of the entire day, the energy of the crowd, the alumni coming back, all that good stuff. So that'll be up on the site on ESPN.com. I have a story up, stories up throughout the week. Also, don't forget, now that the season's underway, we're going to have Bram Weinstein and I, the voice of the commanders, will do a live stream show every Tuesday night. This week, it's going to be a little bit later, probably around 830 because, or yeah, little, it'll be after eight because Bram has a back to school event. It's not because Bram's still in school. Anyway, so we'll do it a little bit later. So hopefully you tune in and then bring your questions. You'll answer all of them. I'm also going to do another podcast for Tuesday morning. So that way you get this podcast after the game. You won't have to wait till Tuesday night to talk more about the game, but I'm going to go over some stuff on Monday, watching the film again, talking to some of the coaches or whomever, just to get some more information, just a little quick update about some of the things that picked up after the game that maybe we don't get to here. Cause really this is just a first impression. And this is the first impression after the commander's 20 to 16 win over the Arizona Cardinals flying solo today. Usually after a game, I'm going to have someone with me today. I'm flying by myself here, folks. And that's okay because there's a lot to talk about and I want to get to it. This was a very unique day in this franchise's history. And obviously we all know why Dan Snyder out, Josh Harris in that brought a different energy to the fan base and you could feel it today. And it's funny because on the way over to the stadium, driving along on 495, and I kind of remember, I just kind of started thinking to myself, just I'm happy for you as fans, because I think this is the first time I've driven to the stadium in a long time where I felt like there's actually hope for this franchise. And it's just a different feeling to go to a game day. Like if, if this, if, if they had had openers under Dan Snyder in the past, even if they win, you wonder, well, how good can they really be? Not just because Dan Snyder is the owner, but because is it built to sustain? And that's something that I never thought they'd be able to do under Snyder. So you may have a season where maybe it goes better, but can you sustain it? Well, now I don't know what Josh Harris is going to do. I do know you have a better chance as a fan base to watch someone build a winner than you did over the last two decades. So today was the start of that. And today, I think that's why people have been so, you know, better than me, why you've been excited, but that's what I've gathered from fans, from people, and just seeing the alumni come back and just the fans embracing it. There was a different energy in the stadium because of that. And for example, we went down to the Legends Plaza before the game to talk to some of the alumni. Champ Bailey is there. He took a picture with Clinton Portis before the game. They, you know, listen, they both feel like what the, their teams got the best of that deal many years ago. And, um, you know, and so they, but the, it's funny to have to see them take a picture together. And Champ talked a lot about why he wanted to come back. And I talked about that on the podcast Friday since I talked to him. 
Friday morning. But then there was also, uh, you know, um, RG3 came back. John Riggins came back. Sonny Jurgensen was here. Billy Kilmer was here. Some of them have been coming back. Joe Theismann talked to us. Well, Joe's always been here, but he even he acknowledged it was a different level of energy. With Griffin, though, it was interesting because he had the one great year, of course, and he meant a ton to this franchise during that season, during that era. He was the last one who represented the level of hope that I think exists now with this franchise, just for a different reason at a different position. And that, of course, being the owner. But when Robert was here, that was probably the last time you had real, real hope that maybe something good could happen for more than one season. But, of course, the injury, we all know all the other stuff that happened. But this is the first time Robert's really been back in, in this role, not as a non-player. And so he even he said that alumni feel welcome back now. And that's the one thing that you kept hearing Charles Mann talked about, that that people feel welcomed back to be back here. And some people didn't want to come back because they didn't like their brands associated with Dan Snyder. And now, of course, that's gone. And the Harris group led by in Tim Hightower, their alumni director, has made an unbelievable effort to bring people back. Anyway, that was part of the day. Then we get to the game. And the fan, you know, then it's all about you fans showing up. And it's funny because I never thought I'd sit here and talk about what it meant to see a place full again. And we've seen it full before, but we just didn't see it full of burgundy and gold colors. And it wasn't, it had nothing to do with the Cardinals being here, right? But in the past, so if there was a, there were full stadiums last year, but you'd have half Eagles fans and half Washington fans. And, you know, that's a hard thing for a player to accept because it's your home place. You want something better. And they didn't get it until today. So that was one of the things that was unique today, just to see it. And it's just, but again, it's funny because I've covered this team a long time. And I never thought it would get to a point where you'd say like, oh, wow, it's a sellout. It used to be routine, as you all know. And you could just see the slow degradation of the franchise and the erosion of the fan base. And to see it back again and to see that it can start building on it, on, you know, building on this momentum just for getting people back. Now, how good the team is due, we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. But that was something that was really kind of cool to see. And just fans having fun in the stadium again, fans chanting defense, fans chanting and chanting. And like in the past, there were times where the Cardinals are driving the ball and the, the, the fans just started chanting defense, defense. And like, you know, I don't know if last year, the year before, the year before that, if they would have been doing it like that, but there was a different level of energy. Like I think the hope permeated through it where it's like it even carried them to to believe, you know, to to just have that enthusiasm again, and that I think was fun to see. And it, it got loud, and it be, it was a home field advantage for them. And and as Rivera said afterward, Ron Rivera said afterwards, hit the guys fed off that energy. And uh, Terry McLaurin talked about having chills during the national anthem. Now they had a saxophonist who was freaking phenomenal. And then they had the planes flying overhead. The guy held the note while the planes flew overhead. Terry said he had cheers that, and he said that it was the loudest he's heard the stadium in his five years here. So players heard it, appreciated it. Charles Leno called it electric. And I would agree. It was a really good atmosphere. Where it goes from here, we'll see. Um, but today it was electric. Now, let's get to what happened on the field because ultimately you don't build on the, you don't build, you don't bring the fans back. You don't get them back unless you start to win and build on that. Otherwise, like it's going to, it won't go back to what it was because, but for this, for this year, you need to build off this momentum. And it's funny because one of the things I said in my Friday predictions 
I felt like they needed to really reveal who they were, show who you are, show that it's going to be different. Give fans a reason to believe that this year is going to be different than the other years. And I'm not sure that they really did that just yet, but there are a couple of things where I felt like, cause it was an ugly game. Listen, three turnovers, they lost the turnover battle three, you know, they, and they could have, they actually could have won it because they had a couple of drops. They are five and 20 since 20, since the year 2020, when losing the turnover battle, that's how rare this kind of a win was. And one of those five wins, of course, was today. But it, like I, I said, it, you know, you didn't want this game to be a disappointment for, for you, the fans, but also show, set a tone for the season. Who are you? I think the defense set a tone. Granted, that Cardinals offense is not very good, but the defense, I think, set a tone for who they are or who they can be. And that defensive front was, was, was terrific. And I'll get to more of them in a minute. So, but who are they? Do we really know who they are just yet? No, I think that was a, and you look around the league and there's some crazy games that happen in this league. I get it, but I think, you know, and, and I like the resiliency they showed after, you know, coming back in this game, but they're still, they exit this game with a lot of questions. And so, you know, there's still a lot of things you have to wonder about now. Now we're past the ownership change. Now we're past, oh, the alumni are back. We're past all that. Now it's just about what are they going to look like on the field and are they going to be a good team? So I liked one of the things I did like after the game is Ron Rivera came into the press conference and, you know, you're sitting there wondering, like, all right, how do you open up? And I get the first question and how, like, how do you open this up? Because really this was in terms of football, it was not a great showing for them. So, you know, but you also recognize the day of what it is. So what first question, what are you going to ask? And he took it away because he basically said they need to be better. And he's right. And he had a disappointed look on his face in terms of how they played. He said he's thrilled with the win. And you should be. You should always be happy when you win in the NFL. But he knows it wasn't good enough. And he even he said, we will be better. So I think I like that he recognized that it wasn't just a, hey, celebration. Hey, it's hard to win in the NFL. Well, we all know that. But he knows that what they showed today would not cut it against better teams that they're going to now be facing in the ensuing week. So that to me is, it's a good sign that they recognize it. Now you got to improve, right? You've got to do better. And I think that's something that'll be curious to, to see where this goes. And, and you heard that from other players in the locker room as well. Just, they know they have to be better. They know the offensive line has to be better, but it wasn't just all about the line. And I'll get to that in a minute as well. They also use the word resilient. And even Charles Leno said he didn't think that they would have pulled this game out even last year. And I think some of that, you know, it's funny because they played well in the fourth quarter. And so the defense played really well. And the offense you know, did what it needed to do in the fourth quarter. And I, I go back to some of their training this summer. And one of the things that Logan Thomas, I remember talking to him early, by the way, did not have a good game, three drops, missed, you know, didn't not great showing on some blocks. Um, anyways, has to be better. He knows that anyway, but as far as like the fourth course stuff, Logan Thomas told us at training camp that he felt like all the stuff they were doing with Bienemy and a lot of this stuff they were doing would pay off in the fourth quarter of games. And I think you saw some of that today. Like I, the, the defensive line was not tired at all. And they just dominated in that last quarter. And it was all of them. It wasn't just one guy in particular, although Montez, so it was terrific, but it was all of them. And I think I go back to some of that the way they did training camps this year, I think it paid off in this quarter, you know, um, and so there's a good thing. To, to, that's a good thing, right? So, and then, but again, the word resilient to describe the team, 
did not look good. There were some boos, but I think this is the kind of game where, you know, again, I think that energy helped them sustain. And I think it's, you can also use that word to describe Sam Howell. And, you know, I'll, again, I'll get to him in, after I get to talk more, a little bit more about the defense, but you can use that word to describe a, a quarterback making a second start who was able to put some bad plays behind him. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Can you believe we've had seven months without an NFL game? Crazy, right? Well, good thing that's over. The NFL is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving you a can't-miss offer for week one. This week, new customers can get $200 in bonus bets instantly when you bet just 5 bucks on any NFL game. DraftKings is hooking everyone up with game day greatness. All customers can take advantage of two new offers every single game day this September. Check the app to see what you get. Download now and use code KIME, K-E-I-M, to sign up. New customers can take home $200 in bonus bets instantly just for betting 5 bucks. That's code KIME, only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Let's talk. I'm going to start on the defensive line. What an effort. Here are some of the stats. The defensive line combined for eight tackles for a loss. And listen, that was, there's more than just one guy. Two Hill had a tackle for a loss. Montez Sweat, um, Deron Payne, John Allen. I think, I think James Williams had one. Um, so they, they, they combined for eight, eight, ta- eight tackles for a loss. Combined for three sacks, combined for two fumble recoveries, Montez Sweat forced two fumbles. They held Arizona to 3.8 yards per carry. Now, it's not a good Arizona offense, so you have to take that in consideration. But I think they did what they were supposed to do. And you have to, the other part is 10 of those points for Arizona, one was off a touchdown that Sam Howell gave up because he was too loose with the ball on the fumble return for touchdown. And the other three came after a turnover in which the defense forced a three and out, but they were in field goal range. So those 10 points, so the defense gave up um, basically a couple field goals. So 
they did a nice job overall against a team that has a will struggle on offense most of the year, but they did what they should have done. And especially that defensive front, but even, you know, it's funny because Montez sweat said after the game, what did he say here? Um, they, they have, he said, this, this is what you do when you have four first rounders. This is what is expected of you. But again, he had a terrific game and I, and he had one and a half sacks. It's the kind of start that a guy in a contract year really kind of welcomes. But even he, somebody asked him about like, Hey, you know, for you personally, what does it mean because of that? And he just kind of pushed that aside and said, he just wanted to get the win for the team, et cetera. Now guys always are going to think about that, but you don't, you don't need to say it. And, and he didn't, and he put the, he kept the focus where it was, but I will say in his, in, to his defense too, he plays that way. He plays within a team structure. And that's something I've always appreciated about him. And it's funny because he did go out for one play and it was on the 29 yard run by um, that Arizona had a run around the end. And the guy who came in was rookie Andre Jones. One snap lost contain. He loses the edge, gives up a big play. And he was out. I think that was the only play he played. Deron Payne, really good game. Really nice swim move for a tackle for a loss. On, on Dobbs, John Allen, it's some really strong pass rushes. Again, I think they all did a lot. And even Abdullah Anderson, again, he's, um, he did, he had some good plays on himself. So that's the kind of start that you really need, but it was the entire group. Um, you saw two Hill drew a hold. James with Williams again, had forced a couple uh, tough throws. And so did Montez sweat on those bootlegs. Dobbs runs a, Dobbs runs a lot of bootlegs did in the past but you've got to get in his face because you're going to make him throw. You're going to make a miss by doing that. <clears throat> and again, you know, this, as, as Sweat said, if you have four first rounders, it's what you're expected to do. So, and I know I already said that, but I'm going to say it again. They turned the game around for this team. I liked how fast Jamin Davis played, especially early in the game when I could really kind of focus on him. I'm going to focus more on him when, as I go back and watch the film again, this is a first impression, but I felt like he played fast early, <clears throat> excuse me. And that is what was needed to see. He wasn't the only one, but I liked what I saw from him, especially early the way he beat some guys to the spot. You saw some blockers were coming out to get him, but he was already way, way unblockable, right? Because they just couldn't get to him. He's too fast reacting to the ball, made a couple stops because of it. And, and I think he did a nice job as well. So, you know, I thought uh, Derek Forrest had a couple of quick, fast plays. Percy Butler, Cam Curl, I think those guys did a, did a good job. You know, the corners didn't have to do a whole lot. Um, and again, there were a couple of breakdowns on some big plays. Uh, one coverage um, mix up and not sure exactly what happened there yet. We'll get to that later in the week. But that was a good showing, again, for the most part, a good showing by the defense against an offense that again is is not very good. But you got to start this way because it beats the alternative. If they had given up points late to this team, if they had given up longer uh, long touchdown drives, I would be more I would be concerned about them. They did what they were supposed to do. Offensively, what I liked was I'm going to start with what I liked because there was a lot that that's going to fix going forward here. I like Sam Howell's poison demeanor and that course the demeanor is the number one thing people always talk about i mean everybody talked about it after the game he doesn't change his demeanor and here's why that's important and it's again i always go back to kirk cousins when he was here when he was learning and growing the big thing he had to learn was how to put bad plays behind him don't let one bad series multiply into you know multiply right don't let it don't take it into another series hall is really good at that 
And it's funny because the players are talking about like after the interception of the fumble, he just kind of comes back to signs like, Hey, whatever. Not that he doesn't care. It's just that you don't see a change in his demeanor. So this is why this is important. So Arizona, he throws the interception. It's a tip pass. I wasn't crazy about, I, he thought that Jahan Dotson was open. It's I want to see on the all 22, how open he was. Um, and it, cause there was a guy covering him, but the guy's coming up hard because the ball's tipped. So I don't know how wide open he was. I'm going to see it initially. I thought initially I wasn't crazy about the decision to throw it there. He has Antonio Gibson over the middle, but the line, somebody's crashing down on Gibson, but he would have gotten about six yards. It's a first and 10 anyway, balls tip. So that's ultimately why the ball was intercepted. But what I like is the next drive. Um, they drive down to the 19 yard line. Now, I say they drive to 19 because Antonio Gibson fumbles. Gibson has a way of having these killer fumbles in scoring territories. And it, whether it's theirs or it, whether it's positive red zone or negative red zone, meaning for meaning deep in your own territory, that was a killer. And I think it's going to make it hard to try, continue to trust him. He's, he's, he's just too loose with the ball on that one. And before a couple of years ago, you'd hear, well, it's, short, it's the injury to his arm is hard to, to, or to his leg. It was just, there was a lot of pain that when he, so it sometimes would cause the ball to the arm to move away. This was just a, he, he needed to be more to me. He needed better ball security period. And, and, and he did not carry the ball after that did play, did not carry the ball or get the ball after that. But the point is how responded with a good drive and got him down to the 19. Then after the fumble, that was brutal. Cause you, now you're looking at a two minute situation with him and you know, he fumbled, he, careless with the ball fumbles touchdown oh crap right what i like is he leads a field goal drive on the next series he has a knack for responding with scoring drives after a negative play whether by the offense by him interception fumble whatever that's what i like about him and so i think those are the kind of things that you can build on those one of the things you build on is like you know that hey you've got to start eliminating the bad plays but when they happen he doesn't go into a hole and i think that's that's really really good but again they all like charles leno was talking about the demeanors like i love it so and of course they should because this is what you want the guy doesn't get rattled and, and that's a good job arizona did a good job to me of causing him to hold the ball and one of the things i want to check out and one of the things i'll check out tomorrow that i'll put on the podcast tuesday is just looking at all the sacks why were all the sacks well some of them are clearly on the offensive line there was one time there was a slide protection and nick gates said he's got a slide with that sadiq charles kind of slides over to leno Guy comes through that gap, and initially it looked like where's Charles going, but it's a slide protection, and and Gates just admitted he blew it. I said, well, is that function of not being together? He's like, he didn't want that excuse. He just said, I blew it. I've got to do it better, and so that's, you know, that's something that's easily correctable. There are a couple of times Charles got knocked over on that, but that sack, some of those are correctable. From Hall's standpoint, the what what Arizona seemed to do well is. They're rushing four, seven in coverage, and taking away that first read, preventing some of the stuff they wanted to do down the field. And I think that took that really caused him to hold the ball a little bit longer. And I think with this line, he's going to have to learn, and they're going to have to put him in a position with you know with enemy, et cetera, to to maybe do a, get a get, have some clearer answers against certain coverages or get to the check down sooner. Whatever it is, um, that was that was a problem today because you saw him not always getting to his first read. And I think that was a big, a big part of what happened. And even the progression, some of it was wanting him to get a little bit quicker through his progression. This is a, 
it's a kid's a second start. It's not going to happen overnight. That's the thing that people are going to have to, after this game, you have to always remember, he's still a young quarterback. There are always growing pains with the young quarterbacks. Doesn't mean you can't win with them, but there's always growing pains. And if this defense plays the way it does, it can minimize the effect of those growing pains, but they're always growing pains. And, and so, and especially when you're in a new offense. So that's what I think Howell's going to have to be patient. One of the things I like about him, he's self-corrects. He's a big learner. That's all good. So that, that's something you can build on, um, but it's going to happen. And it's just, you guys are going to have to understand that. It doesn't mean he's a bad quarterback by any means. I didn't think he had a bad game. I think he had some bad plays. I think there are some things he has to learn. But again, the progression, there were sometimes like there was a throw to McLaurin over the middle where it was a little bit late getting to that progression. And this is when you talk to the coaches, what you'll hear is, you know, if he's late, if he's thrown behind the guys, usually it's because he's late into the progress to that through his progression. I think you saw that a couple of times, but he listen on, on that drive before halftime, he threw some darts and threw some dimes. And so that's that's the kind of stuff you want to build off of. The deep one to McLaurin that drew a pass interference penalty. That was a really good route by McLaurin. And what that does too is that can set up other routes in the future because the way McLaurin played to the leverage, he, he was an inside release. They they were safeties done the inside corners has the outside leverage. Well, if they know you can get to that, because he did get to that, he got to the outside. He could have kept it up and and just had had Howell hit him down instead of turning out to stayed up. But by doing that, it can now it puts in the cornerback future cornerbacks' minds. Oh, he can get there off this, so it can open up some other routes because that you can turn, come back to the inside, whatever. It's going to open up some other routes. That's something to watch for in the future. So Howell did some good things, very good things. He also, I think, he's going to have to learn how to protect himself a little bit more on some of those runs. How? Where Howell is elusive is when he's kind of run up the middle. He's got good footwork, right? Even on the touchdown run, you see that. You see the there's he's he's not a fast guy. So when he starts trying to get the corner, it's kind of like, oh, I'm not sure that's what you want to do, especially when some guys are bearing down on him. But you know, he's tough. But I think, but I like he does have an ability to kind of make guys miss a little bit when he's running through the middle. And that's where he scored the touchdown. Um, and, and that's kind of what he did there, just kind of navigated his way through traffic. But that was, which was a nice play. But the extent, like when he, when if he's going to try and turn the corner and run, one thing. But if he extends the play on the side, I really like it because he does it. He, he does a really nice job. And he, I've talked about this before during training camp about, like, for example, on the touchdown to Brian, to Brian Robinson, extends the play to the outside, keeps his eyes upfield because he's not looking to run, but he throws back very well like not every quarterback can do that but he threw he threw he sees robinson break up robinson's blocking breaks it off turns into a scramble drill they practice that of course you know they practice that a decent amount but it was just a nice throw by by um how to robinson but he starts because he poise keeping your eyes upfield but he wasn't trying to run because and and that's a good thing because he just he's going to have a harder time turning the corner against some of these guys that's just not his his strength and his speed he is, he's, it's, it's in, there's some elusiveness that he shows when he's run, when he's able to get into the open field a little bit and, and he, and he plays with some power right there too. The kid played some linebacker in high school. He likes, he's, he doesn't shy from contact. And so, but he does, he is going to have to learn to, that they're going to want him to protect himself just a little bit better. Um, so there you go. But I think, you know, I think uh, there's stuff that you can build on with him and, uh, 
that Arizona defense is much better than the Arizona offense. So I think there are things you can build on things. They absolutely have to get better. And it starts with that protection. It's not just like Logan Thomas gave up one pressure one time. So it's not just the O-line. It, it's it's a coincide. Like the, the receivers have to win a little bit quicker because if you're running that quick game, you've got to win quick, right? That's the, that's why it's called the quick game. Partly why then the protection has to hold up a little bit better. Howell's got to get through his progressions a little bit better. Some of this is just about experience. So deep breath, get on to week two with that. I would also see, I'd also like to see a little bit more Brian Robinson. I even tweeted that going the second half. Want to see more Brian Robinson because I part of it is take some of the pressure. They were run blocking better than they were doing anything else for a while. And he was getting four, five, six yards. Nothing, he wasn't great. But I, and a lot of his yards at the end were coming in, you know, running out the clock and just trying to get whatever. But it wasn't, you know, but when you were in the flow of the offense, I thought he did a solid job of staying ahead of the chains and putting the offense in a better position to do something. And so I'd like to see that a little bit more. He only had four runs in the first half. To me, that's just not enough. And not that he has to not, I'm not advocating for 50 50. I'm not a believer in that. I think you go with what you do well in that particular game. And I think this particular game with the protection, with the past game, not breaking down a little bit, that was where I think, and I'm glad they did more of that in the second half. I felt like it said, I think it kind of gave them a little bit more about an identity because I think it's too early for to see what their identity is, but at least gave them um, stayed ahead of the chains and put them in better situations. And they took advantage of that. I think again, on the O-line, we're going to have to wait and see how that develops. I know that was a big worry, but I'm not putting all the sacks just on them just yet. So let's, I want to, I want to go back and as the coaches say, watch the film and see, see where it goes. Um, Terry McLaurin, another good game. And I think Jahan Dodson, I, you know, it's funny because I think on Howell's touchdown run, it's a nice job running some interference on the guy down in the, in, in the, at the goal line, I think it was linebacker. Um, and it helped create a little bit of an opening for Howell. So, you know, they tried to get guys the ball in space, Curtis Samuel a few times. It just wasn't happening. Uh, so they're going to have to figure some stuff out. But I do think I am curious to see how teams play Howell and this offense going forward to see what they're taking away. And can they because they're going to have to. That's why I go back to the run games. I think they're going to have to lean on that a little bit more earlier in games to maybe get them not that you don't just go run, run, pass, but maybe, you know, a few more runs for a guy like Robinson. I think he had a really good summer. I'd like to see him more. The question I have for Biennemi, which is, you know, when you're in Kansas City, you played a certain style of offense, right? And there is a lot, you're going to use that pass game a lot. And I get that. And some of those throws are designed as extended handoffs. I get it. But I don't know, like, do you have the personnel right now to play that way? That's a question I think they're going to have to answer going forward. But that's why an opening game is important. And they learn all those lessons in a win. And that's a good thing, too. Anyway, overall, a good day, I think, for Commanders fans. I don't know that you saw the exact style of play that you wanted to. But it was a day of hope and a day of celebration for the change that has taken place. So on to week two, folks. That's it for me from FedEx Field. I'll be back on Tuesday morning with another quick podcast, just kind of wrapping up some things I've seen on film and talking to coaches about what they saw. And then Bram Weinstein and I will be back on Tuesday night. So double dose of me on Tuesday, folks. Bring your questions. Join the live, the live stream YouTube um, show 
and that'll be up afterwards as well. So there you go. That'll be around 8.30 on Tuesday night. That's it for me. I'll talk to you next time.